The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the Flyers pre- and post-game live crew, Joe Fordyce, our producer, and Ashlyn Sullivan, our host. And not a good game to watch last night. If Flyers fans stayed up from the first through the third period, God bless them. The Flyers lost to the Kraken, 6-2. to two. They were down 5 nothing going into the third period. They just didn't come to play. It was really an inexcusable start, an inexcusable game. Ashlyn, what were your impressions watching from the studio? I think inexcusable is a great word. That's exactly what Scott Hartnell called it in the postgame show. The very first sense was this was just inexcusable because you had Sunday's performance. And I think what was the most disappointing and and I haven't experienced a game like this yet since I started is everything that John Tortorella preached after that game Sunday and in morning skates the day of the game it just everything went by the wayside everything that he wanted to see nothing happened and it was almost just like a slap in the face to, to the coaching staff I felt like because you give them these two days off you give them this rest and it very easily could have practiced those two days and it just it looks like a total lack of effort, which is unlike this team because we've seen them fight so hard. And I get at times you wonder when the fight runs out, right? Because how long can you play like this and grind out these close games? But my gosh, I don't think any of us expected two back-to-back performances like that. And that's kind of the first time I've seen that this season. Three days between games, really just you, they, they should be rested. And Ashlyn, as you mentioned, They just lost to the Kraken on Sunday in Philadelphia, where they kind of had it taken to them a little bit. So on their home ice, they lose. They they should want to get a little bit of payback. And and there's no excuse about tired legs or busy stretch. Uh, Definitely was one of the first games we've seen from the Flyers where there just didn't look like there was anything there in terms of fight, effort, will. Uh, Tortorella, for the most part, has gotten them to respond to losses, to get back up, to to at least play hard, and you can see effort, and it, it's kept them in games. This was a blowout from start to finish, and that's why it's pretty concerning. You wonder, Ashlyn, as you mentioned, is the fight going to drop off eventually? Is it is their lack of talent going to rear its head, and, and you're going to see some games like this? That would be troubling because the Flyers this season at least want to be more competitive. They want to be in games for the most part. This game reminded me of last season, Joe. Yeah, so so Jordan, just a couple thoughts on that that. Um, if you look at what John Tortorella had to say yesterday after morning skate about their last game and you times all of that stuff he didn't like by two or three, that's what you got last night, I think. And, yeah, there's a lack of talent. But, look, I know Seattle is in a playoff spot, but it's not like you look at their team and go, wow, they have so many guys that just – I mean, look at their leading scorers are all in their 30s in points. It's not like they have guys that have 90 points on their team. 
It's certainly not Edmonton. It's not Boston. Um, and I started to think about what are some of the worst games they've played this year. Um, the 2 nothing loss to the Sharks uh, early in the season in which Hayes and Konechny got benched for the third period came to mind. Um, you know, there, there, there are games where you just get, you get blitzed in Toronto. Uh, they ended up coming back in that game, but you get blitzed in Toronto. You get blitzed in Boston. But Toronto and Boston have kind those kind of teams that can blitz you in a game, even if you're playing hard. One, Seattle doesn't have that kind of team. Uh, and two, the the whole, like, disinterest factor. I mean, last night, I guess I it didn't occur to me until they got their first shot on goal, which was, a, I believe, a weak shot on goal from the near side boards by Joel Faraby where the play got stopped. And, <clears throat> excuse me, JJ uh, referenced – that's their first registered shot on goal. And I was like, wait a second, like in the last 10 minutes or, and I look up at the thing and I was like, wait a second, they haven't had a shot on goal. Wow. And then I start to think like, okay, yeah, this is as lifeless as it seemed. Cause you know, I'm not making excuses, but you start a road trip, you come back from a break. There's situations where you kind of sleepwalk through a first period I think they're sleepwalking through a first period, and then there's last night. Um, and that's really what came to mind. And, you know, nothing got better. We've seen sometimes this season where they've sleptwalked through a first period and then come back with two good periods. Um, in fact, the game with the Islanders that came right after the break, they sleptwalked through that first period. And John Tortorella even said for the second two periods, they were the better team in that game. Of course, they didn't win the game, but – you saw what was there. There was a bounce back. There was no bounce back last night. It almost seemed to compound the, the lack of effort and the sort of, I don't know, I'll call it disinterest because that's what it seemed like to me watching watching the game. It seemed like they weren't interested in, in playing. Um, not really sure how that's the case when you uh, have a team that you're – you play twice a year. They just beat you in your home ice, and this is your only opportunity to sort of get any sort of revenge on them. And really, I mean, when you look at this road trip, yeah, there's Vancouver mixed in there, but Scott mentioned they're playing for a new coach now and Rick Tockett, and so you're not getting the Vancouver team that's necessarily reflected in the standings. And then you're getting Calgary and Edmonton who are basically playing playoff games now to get into the playoffs. So this isn't going to be easy, and that was just a real big thud to start this road trip. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. And it's probably frustrating for so many people because, I mean, the Flyers had an opportunity this month to maybe prove some people wrong. They actually gave themselves a chance to play meaningful games, and it if anything, it should bother the guys inside the locker room the most because no one gave this team a chance, really, to be in it kind of the way they are. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think anyone's expecting them to be a playoff team, but they are mathematically kind of in it, and they were hovering around 500, which no one really thought. They had a real opportunity here, and they go 1-2-1 one, and one in the homestand, and then you say, okay, well, maybe they can erase that with a positive four-game road trip, and then they start it with a dud. It's just it's hard to wrap your your mind around it. And 
Ashlyn, I do wonder maybe if the lack of talent is catching up to them. Maybe they kind of are who they are at this point, a team that's going to play a lot of low-scoring games or a team that could get blown out from time to time. Is Do you feel like maybe we're seeing the Flyers that some people expected? I don't know if, if we expect – I think the lack of talent running out is very true. And I think at some point we knew this team was never going to be this offensive powerhouse. We knew that. There were some games where we thought, all right, you know, could you stay somewhat consistent? No. And especially with Travis Konechny – not heating up. So I, I do think at times the luck just ran out and the frustration has built where how many games can you play with a two to one finish? I think we're seeing that. And I think you're seeing teams that are in it and are hungry. And this applies to any sport. I don't care which one it is. The teams that are, that are in it are hungrier and Seattle is in it. They are in the neck of it. Yeah. Mathematically the flyers are in it, but Sunday's game and last night's game simply just looked like a case of a team that wanted it more, got the win. Also, you know, Jordan, the thing that stood, has stood out to me, and it was a topic on pregame last night, is if you look at their recent two biggest wins, the Winnipeg win when they, they shut out Winnipeg in Winnipeg, and then when they beat Edmonton, there were two different styles of wins, two very good wins. Now, the one came right before a break. Regardless, there was – Rather than momentum being built off those wins, it seemed like it actually went the other way. And I'm not that that's not very um Tortorella-ish. You know what I mean? That's not really what he what he's all about. I mean, you play these two great defensive style games, you beat two really good teams in the thick of a playoff race, and then you come out the next games with kind of just sort of lackluster effort and I know John Tortorella used the word structure. I, I felt like the they set a record for the word structure being used in a press availability yesterday morning between the reporters and John Tortorella. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I can sit here and immediately diagnose a lack of structure on the television because we're not in the arena um, to know that. But when you – the Flyers have played teams that don't play with structure. Anaheim is the team that comes to mind the most. A team that looks like, you know, 15 guys just showed up at a at a local hockey rink and decided to play, and those guys had never met each other. That's the way Anaheim looks when they play most of their games. I feel like that's the way the Flyers have looked in the last two games. It looks like, you know, a bunch of people called up their buddies and said, hey, let's get together in, at a local hockey rink and you show up there and a bunch of other guys you never met show up and you kind of just choose up teams and start playing. That's what it looked like the Flyers were doing the past couple games. Nobody seemed to be able to anticipate anybody. I mean, passes all over the place, turnovers, particularly on the – was it the McCann two-on-one when that Hayes turned the puck over last night and started the McCann – yeah, the McCann two-on-one. I mean, it was just like, uh, okay, here's a turnover, here's a two-on-one. And, you know, and then there was no answer to the mistakes, which is probably the most concerning part about the last two games is the the bounce-back effect is not there. And to me, the bounce-back is like a John Tortorella trademark. And it just wasn't there the last two games. Part of the problem, too, is when you're not scoring, coaches tend to, th- like, throw their lines in a blender. Like, 
Tortorella did it, I think, during the game, but he also did it prior to this game and a couple games prior. Like he's been bouncing his lines around a ton because they're not scoring. So you're like you're trying to find anything. That also leads to like no cohesiveness, no chemistry. It very much what you said, Joe. It looks like there's just nothing there in terms of guys knowing where one might be. Um, it looks like it's very much all over the place. And I think sometimes it leads to plays going the other way a lot and blowouts, exactly what we saw. And if it's not for Travis Konechny working his tail off to score two goals, they get shut out, 6 nothing. And Konechny worked his butt off. Give him credit. He's mired in a 13-game drought for goals. And twice he goes to the net and just works really hard and gets a little fortunate probably. But both those goals are right around the net. You can tell the guy's trying and working his butt off. But it just shows you when he's not scoring and when Joel Farabee is not scoring, he's now on a 15-game goal drought. I mean, this team's struggling for offense. And, like, Kevin Hayes coming back to earth a little bit. Scott Lawton, too. He was on a really good run, but he's fighting it a little bit. Just everyone's fighting it offensively, and now they're just playing in dogfights. And if they're not sharp defensively or structured – they can get blown out like this. Yeah, and Jordan, really, what you when you look at um, what's lost in last night is the whole Konechny thing. It was a big topic on pregame last night is what's going on with Konechny. He gets two goals. Um, another big topic is what's going on with Farabee. Yeah. Um, that that was part of One Ice Live last night. And and really, I mean, John Tortorella said he didn't want Joel Farabee to use the injury coming back from the injury as an excuse. And he said that, I believe it was two and a half months ago. It was at least two months ago. Yeah, it was mid-December. It doesn't yeah. seem to be in any improvement, and it's it's kind of concerning because this is a guy where the we knew going in that guy has to score goals for this team, and he's just not doing it. He has nine goals on the season. He hasn't scored since January 9th. So we're looking at uh, a month and eight days since he scored his last goal. Yeah. I mean – if you would have said before the season, Joel Farabee will go five weeks without scoring a goal, I would have said, okay, well, they're it, at minimum in the bottom three of the entire league in, the, in terms of the standings. They're not, which shows you the what they've gotten from other guys. But it's still, where would they be if Joel Farabee was even 50% more productive than he is right now? It's just, I mean, they can't afford to have that guy doing what he's doing this year. And and you really just wonder what happened. And um, I guess it sounds like a cop-out, but did he come back too early from the injury? Yeah, Ashlyn, how about you? Just watching Farabee, are you surprised he's, he's struggling to put the puck in the net this much? I wouldn't say I'm surprised, I think. From what I understand about this injury, it was intense. And, and yes, the question will arise because of his lack of progression. Did he come back too early? I, you hoped, and I know, Jordan, we talked about this when we came back on the podcast after the break. The biggest thing we kind of hoped for for the second half of the season was that you saw his arrow going up and you felt good about him and you felt good about his progression. He was something you could build around. You can't say that right now. So these last 20-something games, if you don't see more from him, yeah, you have to do a complete revamp of what your offensive weapons even look like because is he ever going to get back to the point where he was? And sadly, I think that's a legitimate question right now. Um, but, yeah, it's disappointing, and 
and you know, I, you don't want to knock him because of course he wants to get back to where he wants to be. I can only imagine how frustrating it is, but you see all the fans comments on Twitter of like, where has this guy been? And it's a legitimate question because he hasn't had any progression. Yeah. Opioid addiction is a national public health crisis. The Someone You Know podcast from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation offers inspiring stories that challenge stigma, offer hope, and humanizes the disease of addiction. Download the new season three of Someone You Know on all major podcast platforms. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car... Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Joe, what are you expecting from the Flyers here against the Canucks on Saturday? It's a 10 p.m. Eastern Time puck drop. You guys will have pre- and post-game live, of course, as always, facing Rick Tockett, an old friend. I would imagine the Flyers are going to be pretty motivated, pretty driven. Uh, If they don't respond here, I mean, it would be really, really concerning. Yeah, um, this would be your – listen, if you don't win this game on on Saturday, then the conversation starts, do you, are you going to go over on this road trip? Because, again, you're you're facing a Calgary team and then an Edmonton team who you beat last week. So they're going to be super motivated on their home ice. And, you know, they're, um, they're in a little bit of a funk right now, so they really need to get out of it to – and they're neck and neck with Seattle – for that third place spot in the Pacific division. Mm-hmm. Also not so far out of first place in that division. That's there's a, only a few points separating the spots there in uh, with the Pacific division in the Western conference. So um, I, I really think that conversation starts. If you don't get this win, um, the Canucks are a struggling team. They're uh, recently back from an East coast trip and um Playing on finding their trying to find their way under a new coach, and like you mentioned with Rick Tockett. So, I'm not necessarily sure you're getting the Canucks that are in the standings, but it's the same roster. You, you really need to go out and win this game. Um, because the more this goes on, the more and, and the more kind of bad vibes that surround this team, and you start looking at like, um, okay, that 10 game unbeaten or the 10 game losing streak from earlier in the season, you know, you don't want those kind of thoughts to start creeping back in on you. And now you're getting to a point where you're playing teams, the Canucks aside that are fighting for playoff spots in every game. As Ashlyn mentioned earlier, you're getting hungry teams. Um, You're getting teams that uh, in Edmonton's case are going to be out for revenge. Um, So it's, um, it's to me, it's a it's a really pivotal game, and not necessarily to worry about. This is more about what John Tortorella always talks about. It's not about who we're playing; it's about how we go out and play. And I think they need to see a lot 
of in-house improvement on Saturday in Vancouver. Um, and I think it'll tell you a lot about where this team is right now because I think a big question is, where is this team right now? They all talked about the importance of the homestand. That didn't go as planned. They came out with this effort against Seattle last night. So that clearly wasn't the plan. So where are they right now? And I think you'll find a lot of those answers when you uh, take a look at how they come out in that first period in Vancouver on Saturday. Last season, I think there was very much almost an acceptance with, within the locker room of where they were and who they were. They, they had traded guys off. They had gone through two double-digit skids. The season was very much over. And deep down, I, I think they understood. Like there was, there was no climbing out of this, and it was playing out the string. The Flyers have a chance here to prove they're a little different, that – that they've they they were 500 for a reason. That they had won some games. They went through a positive stretch. So I think you're going to learn a little bit about the Flyers if they can either accept what they are in terms of what they're going through and starting to lose games again, and where you win one here and there, but you lose more, or they can prove some more people wrong and maybe pick up some wins on the road trip and and again keep things at least afloat and interesting. Ashlyn, do you feel like this is a chance where we're going to learn a a good bit about the team in terms of their response, good or bad. Oh yeah. I think you hate to over dramatize one game because there are so many games in the season, but, but Saturday, it feels like everything. It feels like the tone setter for the rest of the season. And frankly, if they lose, I think it's a nightmare because there is zero excuse to lose on Saturday. You don't have these hungry playoff teams that you're playing. You should beat this team. And I fear you kind of feel it brewing right now. If they lose on Saturday, I could see a scenario where all hell breaks loose because at this point we always thought this team was the, the team that didn't lose two games in a row. And if they got beat, they bounced back. There was a lot of drive. There was a lot of energy and effort. And we just saw two back-to-back losses where this was not the flyers we talked about for the past two months. So if you go out with a poor performance on Saturday, it leaves us to question everything we thought about this team is no longer true. It really does feel like they're in danger of the wheels falling off because they don't win this game in Vancouver. You have the the Flames and the Oilers, two two big experienced teams with scoring and all that fun stuff. And yeah, and then you have the trade deadline in March, early March, where they're going to subtract pieces. It does feel like this game is very much like a must win. Like you got to go out there and show something. And I think really, Joe, in many ways you know, play for your goalie, play for Carter Hart, a guy that's been there for you pretty much the entire season. And he pretty much, and he really got hung out to dry. I think you want to play for that kid and keep his confidence up. He's still only 24 and we've seen him go through dips with confidence. You really don't want it to hit, to get him in a funk where he feels like he's giving up goals and he's, and he's not himself. Keep his confidence up and, and play for him and make sure the centerpiece of your team is really in a good frame of mind. And you might think we, we might get we might be seeing Sam Harrison in one of these two games too. They're back to back, although it is a day followed by a night. But you would think the way Tortorella has talked about Sam Harrison, then he's going to get one of those games. Um, back to the the whole uh, wheels falling off and kind of like, is this a turning point in the season? I think a concerning question is why. What is the thing? that right now has made this be the case. Because, again, you would think it should be the opposite. The win against Edmonton, 
one of their best wins of the year. So why has it gone the other way since then? That's that's a it's an odd place for the season to go the other way. There hasn't been a key injury. Um, you know, it there, it's not like there's been a benching. There's not been some sort of turmoil um, or anything like that. And and quite frankly, you're getting beat by teams that have better talent, but I'm not sure that they're head and shoulders better. It's not like you look at Seattle and say they have so much more talent. They really don't. I mean, they, they you know, yeah, okay, you, Jared McCann, Matty Beneers is a rookie that they, you know, that they obviously he's the second overall pick a couple years ago. It's not like these are players from nowhere, but it's they're not also it's not Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. It's not, you know, um players like Nazem Kadri you're going to see with the Flames. It's it's those are it's not one of those it's you had mentioned earlier and I think I referred to it, the Boston loss or the, or the Toronto loss. It's not you know, David Posternock and Brad Marchand, it's not, uh, you know, it's not Austin Matthews and and the, the firepower that Toronto has. It's really teams that are m- a little more on your level in terms of scoring. Yeah. And I feel like it's a really odd place for things to go sideways on this team. Yeah. Catch all the sports action and more. At Rivers Casino in Philadelphia, whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, Jordan, just to, to follow up on, like, if you're looking at games where you're, you're playing some of your worst games of the year and you're like, okay, well, Matthews and Marner lit us up with Toronto. Or, you know, Patrice Bergeron and, and, and David Pasternak you know, had three points each against us. That's like, okay, well, those are great players. That's not what we're looking at the last two games. And even if you include the Nashville game, it's not like they, I mean, they were, they hung in that game. and But it's not like Nashville jumps off the page with their talent. And that, to me, is why I say it's such a weird place. Because you'd think, like, blowout, disheartening losses that are, are sort of um, ones that leave an impact would be the ones that would cause things to go the other way, not losses against, you know, the team. I, I know Seattle's in a playoff spot and Nashville's fighting for a playoff spot, but these are not teams that are going to just blow you off the score sheet. They're not. And so I, I do think it's a weird, weird spot for things to unravel. No, I agree. Seattle is good. They've impressed me, but it, they are very much beatable. It's it's they are they are very much in the second year of their existence, and and I think it's realistic to ask the Flyers to split with them. Not only did they not split the season series, but they got they got beaten pretty handily, I would say, in the two games. So definitely a weird a weird spot, and again, and games where you think the Flyers can hang. Now, again, if it's if it's the big bad boys atop the standings and you get worked one game, it's part of the Flyers' process. It's where they are. But these are games I think very much they can they can be in. And, Ashlyn, I'm curious, can you give me a little sneak peek into maybe who is more animated during a game like this, Al Morgani or Scott Hartnell behind the scenes? Al Morgani times 100. Al, really? Al, sitting next to Al like gives me a heart attack. He just he gets so upset. 
And that, that makes it even worse. When they play like this, you get Al upset. And, like, no one should make Al upset. He's the best. And Scott kind of just kind of, like, sits there like, Dah. like, he'll throw a curse word out here and here. Al is, like, <laughs> slamming the table, like, animate <laughs> upset. And so, Flyers, you can live with that, that you made Al upset. Yeah, maybe that's the player in Scott Hart now. He understands maybe the what these guys are going through when they're on, when they're on the ice. So he's like, okay, bad play, but right, cool. Al kind of takes the emotion out of it. Yeah, yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and Scott had some good points. I, I think he he called the first period a yikes first period. I was like, that's a pretty good way to put it. That was very much yikes. We got outshot twelve to one, and uh, the Flyers. Are, are in a 2 nothing hole, and it all started with that Kevin Hayes turnover on the power play just going the other way. Yeah, Jordan, just to give you uh, some insight into Scott. So the last few games I've missed a uh, little under the weather. So I, um, I was working from home last night, and after the first period, I got a text from Scott that said, I hope you're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> and you were not you were not asleep. I was not. No, I was not. But, um, I mean, you really – last night's game, if you watched the first period, you saw all you really needed to see, aside from, you know, Konechny breaking his scoring streak. But, you know, in terms of how that game was going to go, the first period told you everything you needed to know about the rest of the game. It did. And John Tortorello was – I don't even want to say snippy because he was kind of – he was kind of level-headed in terms of like his tone and his voice post-game with reporters out in Seattle, but really didn't have much to say. Didn't want to talk about it. Uh, didn't really want to give any insight on the game. Tough spot. Tough spot for reporters. And if you're Tortorella, I, th- I think you at least want to say something. If there's fans tuning in or that fans that stayed up to watch that, they probably want to hear from the head coach. Maybe you, you give them a little something. What did you guys think of his – comments Ashlyn I'll start with you he just really seemed almost lifeless I, to me I I want to see a little something from the head coach give the fans a reason to come back and watch on Saturday no and I, you could sense his frustration it was a tricky spot I see both sides of the situation yeah. reporters obviously have a job to do they are not the coach they're asking what happened we all just watched this abysmal performance it's a logical question to ask why why did this happen hmm. but it seems to be that there was no explanation they just they stunk. There was no other way to put it. And that's what Tort said. I think, and I'm getting tweets this morning. I think what, where he could have done something differently. And I think what fans are upset about is when he said, I don't care about the fans. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I'm sure he wishes he said that differently because I think, especially the state of this team right now, you have to care about the fans. And I know he does, but I, I get in that frame of mind, he's like only thinking about the game and not what the fan base or us are thinking in that sense. But yeah, it, it's it's frustrating, and and I get it. But everyone has a job to do, and I think uh, reporters, yeah, they want to know why this happened. Yeah, I think he his reaction said flabbergasted, kind of what we've been talking about on this podcast. Like, why did this happen? Why now? Um, the 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 comment about the fans, I think, is more of like a lot of. Particularly Flyer fans, they 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 know the sport, so a lot of times they come at it at a very uh, analytical way, and I think that was more of what he was talking about. It's clear he cares about the fans. Look at the letter he wrote to the fans two weeks ago. So 
in general, him not caring about the fans, I think we know that that's not what he meant by that. And it probably came out a little wrong or a little, uh, you know, abrasive um, last night. So, but I just think he had no answers at that point. And he hadn't watched the video of the games yet. So it was, I think it was more of like, I, I, I don't care about the 1 a.m. on a Thursday reactions of the fans who just watch this game and are frustrated and not necessarily like a blanket statement. Um, but I, I think it, the, the frustration would be understandable. This is, uh, that was kind of a, a, a puzzling one for everybody. Yeah, when it when it leaves the coach, pretty much speechless. That that tells you everything. Typically, a coach can kind of put it into words and maybe dissect or analyze a couple things. He was pretty much speechless, and I agree that the I don't care about the fans. I think that was very much heat of the moment. His chief concern right then and there was his team and what the heck just happened. Not as much what did fans think. I very much think he he understands the fans are important and. Uh, and I couldn't agree more with Ashlyn. Maybe just sugarcoat it a little bit. Maybe say, hey, we will be better next time. Promise you that. Or, hey, I'm sorry. You know, that wasn't, that's not the effort you guys should expect moving forward. Maybe something, but uh, very much, I think he's in the heat of the moment. He's, he's concerned about the team. And let's hope he, he, not let's hope, but let's, let's see if he gives them something. If he gives them a little something to get up for this next game, because I think this is calling for a coach to light a little bit of a fire, be John Tortorella, get these guys going. I think sometimes he's he's kind of stepped back and let them kind of figure things out at times, especially given they were on a positive stretch where I think he knew not to react too hard after every single loss. Now I think it might be calling for a time to get in there, say something, and kind of show his presence. I think that can't hurt right now uh, in a time like this. And we'll see how the Flyers respond. We'll see what they have on Saturday. Ashlyn Sullivan and Joe Fordyce right here will have all the coverage on pregame live at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Joe and Ashlyn, thank you so much. Great seeing you and great chatting with you both as always. A big thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer and guru as always. And Flyers fans, of course, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen, and we can't wait to talk to you next time.